And let's open our Bibles, please, to Psalm 51. Psalm 51, we are continuing where we left off last week. Um, trying to be careful not to go too quickly. Uh, I will give you uh, just once again a very short review to remind you of uh, the foundation that we have laid. So uh, you build the foundation line upon line, precept upon precept. Uh, we're talking about uh, the parts and the significance of the part. Uh, so everything is a means to an end. I say this by way of introduction before we read. Uh, the goal is, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. No man shall pluck you out of my Father's hand. Uh, the goal is to be one with Christ. If this is going to happen positionally and practically, then you're going to have to cut some things in pieces. Uh, it's just that's the way it is. You can't escape it. You can't evade it. You can't uh, deny it. So let's look at Psalm uh, 51 and look at verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. So look what he said uh, very, very technically uh, in uh, what God desires. Verse 6, truth in the inward parts, not in the outward show, and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. So we're talking about the part of the parts, and uh, I think this is very interesting. Uh, hopefully it will be to you too. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. We realize that without thee we can do nothing. We put no confidence in the flesh. We pray that thy spirit would stir us up, help us to remember it, help us to understand what you desire, and help us to say like the psalmist, my expectation is from him. We pray that you would uh, reveal these things to us, Show us where we're joined together to the wrong thing, wrong person, wrong place. Help us learn to discern with the old King James, the sharp two-edged sword and pierce and divide so that we could have the true unity and the peace of the turtle dove and the pigeon. And we ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Uh, just give you a real quick review. Uh, we begin with uh, Abraham. God gave him a promise. Then he gave him a commandment. He obeyed the commandment. But then 
he had to wait for the Lord to accept his offering. You know, I think this is very important in patience and timing. Sometimes we will serve the Lord, make a gift or sacrifice. It's really not a big deal at all, but we might think it is. And then there's no immediate results. Uh, you have to wait on God's timing. Uh, God's not going to do it when we want or when we think. We just have to let God be God. Let God show up His way. He always comes in the nick of time according to His will. So he had to fight off the fowls, the evil birds, and then uh, God consumed the sacrifice after the sun went down. There was a horror of darkness. Um, he fell into a deep sleep. He was very, very troubled in his spirit. And God burnt the offering, and then he gave him the covenant. So you have notice, all these things are sandwiched by a promise and a covenant. You're never going to get the covenant practically, experience it, if you don't obey and claim the promise. Then these things happen, they're sandwiched, and then what did we look at? Uh, that God showed up after He did these things, and uh, He was this burning furnace there was a lamp but it was between the parts so just a real quick reminder he told him to cut there was three animals cut them in parts the two birds do not cut them in parts there were other things done to them but one represents division the burnt offering utter sacrifice the other represents peace with God, freedom from sin, liberty from a troubled heart, and uh, peace in your heart, unity with God. So you cannot have one without the other. Uh, what we see in the last days with all the false prophets and the apostasy is people think they can have peace without separation. They think they can have oneness and unity with God without putting a difference between the clean and the unclean. Right. And so we see all in the Word of God that these things, uh, parts, is very, very important. Now, if we finish tonight, there's a, I'm, I'm following up with this, something I'm studying, very, very important about being used of God and what must happen to us if God's going to get a hold of us and uh, use us as He wants to. So, Jeremiah 31.3, He will put the law in their inward parts. Proverbs 18.8, uh, The wounds of a talebearer go down into the inner, innermost parts of the belly. Uh, Proverbs 20.27, the Bible talks about the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord searching the inward parts, not the parts, singular. It is multiple. There are different parts of the inward. And this is what God uh, requires is that he wants truth in the inward parts. See, a lot of people know how to put on a show. 
They may dress a certain way. They learn the lingo. They learn to carry a Bible. They learn what they think people want to hear. And they can go through the motions. And if, you, if you're not careful, it, it can become a ritualistic, religious type of a Christianity. You know, the people here tonight, we got our carcass to show up. Carcass is a dead body. Uh, uh, we, we got our body in the right place. But God doesn't require that. God requires truth in the inward parts. So I, I challenge you, examine yourselves. What is this all about to you? Why are you here? Just to get your body in a building for an hour? No, that's not it. You get your body in a building at the right time and place because God has found truth in the inward parts. So then you have a hidden part within the parts. And wisdom is the principal thing. So you have all these people uh, playing church. A lot of people want to do right. They're sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. And then you have a lot of people who are partially there, but not all there. You know, you said that, that guy's just not all there. But why is it that some people don't have any conviction, don't have any fortitude, don't have any guts? Some people don't have any uh, prudence or discretion. They don't know the when or the where or the why or the how much. Why is it that some people don't have any respect? Other people have no joy or peace. And there's a reason for this. They somehow haven't learned the parts. There's parts. And God wants you to cut it up into parts and if you cut up those parts there's a hidden part figure it out for you uh, where God wants wisdom so in Psalm 30 we, we looked at this last week but 63.9 hell is in the lower parts of the earth there's many parts to hell there's a bottomless pit there's the sides of the pit there's Tartarus, there's, there's other parts. And God, whenever He works, He parts things. He's going to part it out. You know, uh, you'll see like somebody buy maybe an old car. They'll say, I'm going to buy this for restoration. Or they may buy it for what? Parts. I'm going to part it out. Why? I'm going to take the good parts, sell it to somebody who's lacking that part, if you will, in the restoration. But you could have a really great combination of things. But if you're missing one great part, or the most important part, then, and, and Jesus plainly said, one thing thou lackest to the rich young ruler. So you have all these things. There's one thing thou lackest. And he said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, don't call me good. You don't even believe I'm the son of God. I know what you're pulling. There's something, the one thing you're lacking. And, and you see it all the time. There's just something that person's missing. There, there, there's good potential. There's something wrong. There's, a, there, there's, there's parts 
They can't discern or divide. And then there's that hidden part within the parts. Something's wrong. So we were wrong in the, in the, curiously in the lowest parts of the earth, your mother's womb. How did the bones grow in the womb? What a miracle. That's where God wrought us. He made us. So Jesus is our burnt offering. We looked at this according to the book of Hebrews. Now, I'm just going to give you a, a quick review and we will move on. The, and, and once again, the King James Bible is so amazing. If you'll just study the words and let the Bible interpret itself, God will show you great and wondrous things. Amen. You won't get this from the NIV or the uh, PIV, the perverted, in, inverted version. Uh, you know, and, and it's like Dr. Rutman said, if you reject the King James Bible, God will cut you off from all truth. You'll never learn deep truth. Yep. You are basically sentencing yourself to doctrinal death. The old King James. So first of all, we looked at this. The garments that Christ wore were parted. One into four parts. Then they gambled for his vesture. And because it was so valuable, it was seamless. But his uh, clothes, according to Psalm 104, he is light, so he clothes himself with light. So your garment reveals who you are to a large degree, and you ought to get your dress standards and your clothing in agreement as a manifestation with who you are in Christ and what you say you believe. So many worldly people out there saying they believe something, but they dress a different way. It's very confusing. God is not the author of confusion. And Satan is the uh, mixer. He mixes it up. God divides it and parts it. So, you know, the garments, so important. Revelation 19. We will wear the fine white linen is the righteousnesses, look it up, of the saints. We will be wearing our works throughout eternity. A white robe composed of our works. Brother James taught on this. Uh, we'll have some type of gold plaiting and uh, all sorts of needlework. Unbelievable, pure gold. It ought to reveal who we are, you know, and some of us need to get working on our wedding dress uh, as a bride prepareth herself for her husband, and some of us need to realize uh, what this life is. It's a preparation for the life to come. So number one, garments. Number two, his body was cut into parts. This is all in Psalm uh, 22, but he calls himself a worm. Now, you know, if you know what a worm is, you can cut it into parts, you can use it into fish bait. When you're getting low on your fish bait, you can put a piece that big and sometimes you'll catch a bigger fish than a big old worm like that. But uh, I, uh, parts, I see all the time our cat will murderously and cruelly catch a lizard 
and torture it, and then it goes to what? Cut it into parts. First thing, the tail goes off, and the tail's like a chicken will run around with its head cut off. Tail's still moving around because of the nerves, and then it'll, it will begin to decapitate, uh, dismember, and then they have this way to just, they uh, uh, disembowel, well, I'm using it, saying it nicely. No, they gut it like a pig. It's very quiet in here. I just say that in case you're not listening. They cut it into parts. Um, that's what the uh, lions, the wicked beast, did to Christ. It says the bulls gaped upon him. You know, a lot of people get gored by bulls. A lot of people get gored by uh, buffalo, bison, uh, dumb tourists at uh, Yellowstone. Uh, but, and it says a lion tore him. Now, you say, how'd that happen? I don't know. The Bible says it happened. I believe it. And it says his visage was marred more than any man. He could not be recognized as a man. It says every bone was out of joint. Now, if you've ever separated your shoulder or maybe popped a kneecap or, uh, I don't know, popped something. I've heard of people popping their pelvic joint. Just, and it just, pop, pop. Uh, I saw one time a boxer was jabbing and his arm dislocated and he fought the rest of the fight with the other hand and it was dangling like that. I think he still won. Amen. But uh, kept him off with the jab and he had the reach. But every bone was out. It says he told his bones. Now, Think about that. If you look at a human body, you don't see every bone. He told every bone. Every bone in his body was out of joint. And it says his heart melted like, like wax. Very deep truth. His strength was dried and his tongue clave to his jaws. Now, I can't exp figure that one out. His tongue, not jaw, jaws. It's unbelievable what happened. Uh, also, the Bible talks about the dogs attacked him. Ravenous, wicked dogs. They pierced his hands and feet with the rusty iron nails. The crown of thorns was placed on his brow. He was cruelly beaten with the cat of nine tails, scourged with the Roman uh, whip, pierced his uh, side, and forthwith came forth blood and water. All these things happened. And he, he prays, deliver my soul, my darling, from the dog and from the sword. Now, I know this is probably too descriptive for most because they can't handle the real world, but... One time this fella begged us to uh, build a pen and breed deer. And this uh, wicked coyote, you know, if you know how dogs hunt, the female leads the pack, nothing against females. But the female would lead the pack. They would corner these helpless deer in a corner and they'd usually ham hock them, you know, they'd get them in the Achilles or something. And then they'd all surround. 
and and we'd go back there and and the next morning it was a horror movie i mean every part of the deer was pulled apart uh it was it was gory what what we saw and this happened to christ spiritually literally for our sin he had to be our burnt offering if we want to be one with god you have to accept christ as your savior your burnt offering your sacrifice but it says we should go outside the camp with him which means we will be rejected Amen. we will be persecuted and in some way maybe spiritually or physically literally you're going to be parted out parted out and it's not going to happen if you don't get truth in your inner parts because you'll run and hide you will tuck tail and run uh, and when the rubber meets the road when the real persecution comes what will you do i mean this is all building up before our very eyes a lot of people say they won't take that mark we'll see we'll see what they're really made of if it comes number three he was parted from the father when he was on the cross the bible tells us that and brother james mentioned this uh, sunday night that at high noon for three hours i believe it was the sun turned pitch black this phenomena took place why did this happen this is when he became the sin of the world and he was so horribly sinful and so defiled and contaminated that the holy father turned his back on him and this is when he cried out eli eli lama sabachthani my god my god why hast thou forsaken me he was cut from the father the godhead it's so amazing to think about the sorrow the loneliness the torture becoming our sin should have been me on the cross should have been you on the cross but he loved us and took our place and the father parted you know the, the old we, we talk about it all the time if you turn your back on god he'll say please don't please come back i love you if you make god mad he'll turn his back on you and this is what happened to christ the father parted with him why because he is the holy god he cannot be in the presence of sin he cannot tempt any man with sin he knows no sin the father parted with christ number four let's look at uh matthew 27 just briefly and uh, brother james also made mention of this just in passing look at uh matthew 27 and look at verse 51 matthew 27 verse 51 it says and behold the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks rent 
And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. And then the centurion watches, he fears greatly and says, Truly, uh, this was the Son of God. But number four, the earth parted. The earthquake was so great that the rocks rent. Now, I've heard preachers say this. I believe it's true. Every rock in the earth and on the earth cracked to some degree. So, you know, you talk about a broken bone, a compound fracture. You talk about a fissure. No, is fissure the wrong word? Yeah, that is the wrong word. Anyway, it's just a small crack. Uh, it's still like still call it a broken bone, right? Did, is that what you had? Yeah. All right. It was just a crack. Wasn't snap. Didn't extend through the skin like a compound. But every rock on the earth cracked to some degree. It's absolute unbelievable what one you. When you think about these things and how the wicked world will take words and use it in a perverted way. Why do you think they call it crack? Why do you think they're all cracked up? They're a crack pot. I'll tell you why. Because God cracked the rocks for them and they rejected his love. They rejected his blood and his salvation. I remember when we were in Israel. Uh, I said, I'm going to really impress my wife. Or was that where we married yet? My fiance. And I heard Israel had uh, emeralds. And our tour guide took us to this Israeli jeweler, said it was a great deal. I believed him. But I, they would show these all these gemstones and the clarity. And then everything was based upon the, is the fissure the wrong word? the crack was it visible and less valuable valuable you know you'd see crack and the really valuable ones it still had it maybe not even visible to the human eye but in some way it was cracked now i won't tell you what happened to that emerald uh she can tell you uh she took real good care of it uh, but that's a whole nother story. But the rocks rent. Now think about the earthquake that's going to take place during the tribulation. Every island is going to disappear. Every mountain will be leveled. Now think of the magnitude of the earthquake. Well, we can't even... The, the Richter scale doesn't go high enough. We can't even comprehend that. But when Jesus Christ became our sin, it was a different type of an earthquake to where the shock wave was so powerful that every rock rent. It's unbelievable to think about. That had to happen. You have to pass through the parts. The Father parted with Christ. 
temporarily when he became the sin of the world. His garments were parted. His body was cruelly cut and spiritually into pieces. Now, let's look at what happened. We know also the graves. God worked a miracle. People rose from the dead. All sorts of amazing things happened. But let's look then once again at verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Now this is, notice this. When Jesus, the verse precedes this, yielded up the ghost, they didn't kill him. He chose to die. He gave up the ghost. He willingly laid down his life. And he willingly parted his spirit because James 2 says when the spirit leaves the body, the body is dead just as faith or without works is dead. And when the spirit parted, why? Because he was the Lamb of God and no bone could be broken. Brother James talked about this Sunday night. They would take a battle axe or a sledgehammer, break the femur bones uh, or parts of the legs so that they would suffocate and die sooner on the cross. He trusted the Father to raise him from the dead, but he yielded up the ghost and he parted body, soul, and spirit as our burnt offering. And right when that happened, what does it say? The veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. So this is the veil into the holy place where only the high priest could go one day a year on the day of atonement. So that now the way into the holiest is made available for all. This is absolute unbelievable. The last parting was the veil of the temple and now whosoever will may come. And think about it. And he said, if you'll accept all these parts and you'll desire truth in the inward parts, I'll give you wisdom in the hidden part. And then he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. What an amazing promise. No man shall pluck you out of, out of my Father's hand. Think about the, and, and it's such an indictment on all these heretic churches who preach you can lose your salvation. Who say you have to buy it, work for it, you can't do this. If you do that, you got to get saved again. What an indictment. He died unto sin once, but he ever liveth unto God. And you believe in Christ once. Why? Because you walk through the parts. Amen into the very presence of God. And now, your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, all things are new. You're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Notice old things. The parts. And you are a new creature. One in Christ. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. These parts, it's so amazing what happened. And if you look how, if you want the victory, 
you got to live this way right. spiritually. How do you, what does it say, rightly divide the word of truth? Right. Studying dispensationalism. Why does it tell us to put a difference between the clean and the unclean? Why does it say that you can't be joined to a harlot because if you are, you're one flesh? Why does it say that Christ hath no fellowship with, what is it, Belial, and light with darkness? you got to part it and walk through it. You know, I can testify. I'm through. The only people who have made it since I've been saved are the ones who parted it out. They parted it. And the ones who didn't make it and will not make it are the ones who think somehow they're going to get along with everybody, be a good old boy, good old Joe, don't rock the boat, don't have any conviction, don't stand, laugh at their dirty joke, fit in, go with the flow. And they're the most miserable, compromising wretches, and they have no testimony, no power with God, no conviction to stand up for what's right, and they don't have the unity of the pigeon and the turtle dove because they didn't cut the burnt offering into a bunch of parts. I've seen it my whole life. Over I, man, 40 years. It seemed like it just happened. <laughs> 40 years. Uh, so, what does God desire? A broken, did you hear that? A broken and a contrite spirit. Not a whole spirit, not a haughty spirit, not an uplifting, proud spirit, a parted, broken, sorrowful spirit. And where does he desire? In your head? No. Does he desire you to dress a certain way? No. Do a certain thing? No. He wants truth in the inward parts. If you get the truth in your inward parts, you'll dress right. You'll cut your hair right. You'll start serving God. You'll fear the Lord. You'll get some convictions and standards. But then there's a hidden part in the inward parts. And that's why most people do not fully know him or have wisdom because Jesus is. You, you read Proverbs 8. He is wisdom personified or wisdom is Jesus Christ personified he is the word of God and notice word that he said heaven and earth shall pass away but my words plural shall never pass away amen all right let's stand